Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Lord, I thank you for your word that's alive. It's powerful. Lord, I thank you for your presence that just fills us, that heals us, that restores us. I pray right now, faith will be mixed with your word and your presence. Lord, will set people free today. You would equip us as your people. And we lift our voices with a shout of praise. We lift our hearts in adoration and thanksgiving because you are so good, Lord. You are mighty. You're the almighty God. And there's great power in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for the name of Jesus that's over our lives and over our church and over our community. And Lord, I just pray now you would speak to us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Everyone shouted? Amen. Yeah, let's give him praise. Let's take our seats. God is so good. Wow, next. This week, school's back on. All the parents said, Yahoo! And the kids said, Oh no. And that means that next Sunday, our kids' church will be back on. Um, Pastor Peter and Emma have been away in America visiting family. They'll be back this week. And uh, also, Kids Club and uh, Youth Group starts on Friday night. So, and all the chaplains and school teachers, everyone back into the flow of it all. Trust you've had a good holiday and a good rest. Wow. So, we had a great time at Planet Shakers Conference. It was back in Brisbane for the first time for 10 years. And it's just an exciting time. All of our family have had great encounters with God at Planet Shakers. And one of the guys was called Sammy Rodriguez. And I've heard him twice before in Melbourne. And honestly, when he hits the stage, it's like a cyclone from heaven erupts. That's the only way I can describe it. He gets so excited. He goes from English to Latino to speaking in tongues all at once. and Because uh, he's just so passionate about Jesus Christ. And... Uh, he shared a message that really stirred my heart and the seed of it got into my spirit. And I want to take a couple of thoughts. He's been speak out what God's developed that into my heart. And it's Mark 10, 46 to 52. And it says, Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. He called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Well, crowds can be fickle, can't they? One minute they're telling you to shut up and next minute they're saying, whoa, it's your day, come on. Don't follow the crowd, folks, unless they're going the right way to Jesus. <laughs> Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus the road. Now I want to just bring some points out of this. And um, in verse 48 it says, The crowd tried to stop him calling out. Wow. 
There's a huge crowd in the world today that's trying to silence Christians and silence truth and silence the church of Jesus Christ. It's all over the place with political correctness, with media, with religious voices, all sorts of voices that are trying to silence you and I from living out our Christian faith. That's trying to tell us, just quieten down, don't be so radical, don't be so passionate about Jesus Christ. And we see that voice going all around the world. Even in our nation, we are shocked at some of the things that happened in the last year or two that we never, ever thought would happen in our nation. But there's a scheme of the enemy out to try and silence the, the people of God. But I want to get some things out of this guy. When the crowd tried to silence him, what did he do? He shouted all the louder. And we've got to arise and let the Spirit of God come through us and flow through us. And let's not be intimidated or afraid of our Christian faith that we hold strongly. Let's not be intimidated when family or friends or the media or whoever says, hey, just, just quieten down. We've got to shout louder and let the Spirit of God arise through us because we have the truth in Jesus Christ. And so... God wants us to not quieten down, but to speak up. He shouted louder, but what did he shout? Have a look at what he shouted. He shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Some of you might realize what he was saying. Son of David was a term that acknowledges that Jesus was the Messiah. The religious people hadn't got it. There was at least 6,000 trained religious Pharisees in Israel at that time. And yet none of them, or very few of them, had picked up that Jesus was among them. They'd studied the Old Testament. They could memorize the first five books of the Bible. They had all this information, but when Jesus shows up, they thought, no, he doesn't fit. See, religion will blind you, but revelation will open your eyes. This Blind man who could not see naturally, but somehow he'd worked it out and saw in the spirit that Jesus was the son of God, the son of David, the Messiah. And he started calling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he cried it out louder and louder. And because it was a messianic name for Jesus, I reckon that's what got Jesus to stop. It wasn't just the volume of his voice. And there were probably thousands of people walking because wherever Jesus walked, there were miracles happening. He was a brilliant storyteller. And uh, if they got hungry, he just multiplied the food. So there were lots of people following Jesus for all sorts of reasons. Huge crowd. So he had to shout loud. Otherwise, he couldn't be heard above the crowd. But I reckon what got Jesus' attention was the revelation that he knew he was the Messiah. Wow, so when you speak, pray, praise, do it with a heart of understanding that Jesus, you're the Savior and Lord. You're the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he shouted out, and when they said stop, he just shouted louder. He wasn't going to be silenced. And too many of us bow down and get silenced too quickly when the enemy or political correctness or whatever tries to numb us down. And I want to say it's time for the body of Christ to arise. 
And I loved being at this conference with 2,000 young people shouting the name of Jesus, declaring his greatness and his power. In the middle of it, many of them, new ones coming to Christ and the presence of Jesus flowing out. Pastor Russell and Sam, they lead Planet Shakers Church in Melbourne. I've been there. They are seeing 250 people a week getting saved in their church alone in Melbourne now. There's a move of God happening across our nation. And we need to see that the, that the cry of people is for answers in Jesus Christ. And we're going to see a great harvest because a lot of people are saying, what's going on? They're not believing all the lies that are coming their way. And they're looking for truth. And they need you and I to stand up and be noticed and seen that we are followers of Jesus Christ. You get Jesus' attention when you cry out to him with all of your heart. In prayer, in worship, in adoration. We're a noisy church because we've learned we've got to speak out and shout out our praise to our God. Not that God's deaf, but sometimes we've got to get more vocal so that we overcome our fears. You say, that's just not me. There are times where we've got to get a bit more desperate, a bit more passionate. This guy had been blind. He couldn't see. What happened when Jesus called him? It says he got up and threw aside his cloak. That was his begging cloak. That was his identity as a blind beggar. He knew that when Jesus said, come, that he was going to get healed. He grabbed his cloak, threw it aside, says, I'm not going to need this anymore. I don't know whether someone led him through the crowd or he just pushed his way to where he heard Jesus say, come. Because when Jesus says come, you can walk through any crowd and you can walk through any darkness and any intimidation. You can walk through any dark place. And so he comes, he throws his cloak aside. He knows, he had faith in his heart that he was going to get healed that day. So when we pray, when we believe, we need to have some faith. Reminds of the story of uh, years ago out, out back uh, Queensland, there was a, a big drought on. So the churches got together in town. They called all the people to come and pray. And the, the Christians came and other people came because they were all so desperate. And they all showed up, hundreds of them, to pray in the town hall. Guess who was the only one who brought an umbrella with them? A five-year-old girl. She brought the umbrella and she was the only one who didn't get wet on the way home from that prayer meeting. Because the heavens opened. All the other people came, but they didn't really believe it was going to happen straight away. But this little girl said, if we pray, Jesus is going to answer and it's going to rain before we get home. How well, we'll pray and ask God for help, but we need to hold on to all these other things just in case. This guy said, no. If Jesus called me, he can heal me and I'm going to get set free. So he throws the cloak aside and I don't know if he runs or stumbles or... What he does, but he gets to Jesus. And the beautiful thing is, Jesus spoke and said, be healed. He gets there and he, and, and he says, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to say to you? And the guy says, I just want to be healed. Well, hold on, Jesus could very clearly see he was blind. And sometimes... We think, God, you know my needs, so just help me. 
God will often want you to declare what your need is because faith comes with the confession of your mouth. And he wants, God wants to hear you speak your need for support or help or comfort or breakthrough or healing, whatever it is. Because as you speak it, you've formulated and you've identified what it is and what you are believing for breakthrough with. The Bible says, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Wow. What we speak opens the door. It's one of the pathways and bridges for God's power to come into our lives and through our lives to help others. He says, what do you want? He says, I want to be healed. And some of you that know the Bible stories know that Jesus healed a few other people from blindness. One of them, he spat in his eyes. That would have been an interesting miracle, eh? I want to be healed. Another one, Jesus spat in the ground and made mud and put it on his eyes. This time, no spitting in the eye, no mud, just your faith has healed you. Go! Oh, I love that. God will do his work any way he wants to, the way that will bring him the greatest glory and the way that will help you to make sure you live in victory. So don't judge or condemn when God does it differently for different people, the time, the way. Just trust him and say, God, I want to live in your freedom and I want you to get the glory. That's the difference. And then he got up and he followed Jesus. Wow, what a story he would have had. Some of them would have been hanging around him saying, how did it happen? The power of God. If you go back a little while earlier, when Jesus, no, sorry, a little bit later, when Jesus was coming into Jerusalem, what we call Palm Sunday, here were the crowds, Luke 19.37. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Mate, sounds like there's a lot of noise around Jesus, and there often is. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Why do they rebuke? They didn't want him, the disciples to be declaring that he was Hosanna in the highest, the son of David, the Messiah. And they thought it wasn't proper for all his kids to be having the palm branches and cloaks and everything going on. They were disrupting their normal way of religious events. Uh-oh. Jesus said, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. I've determined a long time ago, no stone is going to take my place. I'm a worshipper and a praiser, and I don't want God to have to use creation to fill the gaps that we should be doing as his sons and daughters. So lift your voice, lift your heart, praise him with all of your being. Let's declare the greatness of our God. And it's amazing, creation is full of sound. We hear the whales singing, and you hear the birds in the mornings. I sometimes, when the birds wake me up, sometimes I think, oh, they're too early, just slow down a bit, especially in summer. But I sometimes try and listen to their songs and think, I wonder what they're singing. I sometimes start putting words to their songs, saying, oh, look at that melody, that is awesome. They're singing songs of praise to their creator. Even they've done... Adams put out songs and noises now. And they found back uh, songs through the heavens with a beat. 
And all of creation sings and glorifies our God. The waves come in. I just think God is so amazing. But no stone's going to take my place. I'm not going to be an unemployed worshiper. I'm going to be full-time in my worship praise role and let the stones do what they need to do. What about when the Holy Spirit was poured out? Wow, this was a noisy day. There's a roar from heaven. Acts 2, 1 to 4, it says, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Started out 500 of them, saw Jesus go, and he said, Stay in Jerusalem till the Spirit comes. Ten days later, they're down to 120, 380 missed out. They got bored, gave up, went back to work, went to get some food, or said, this is not a good idea. 120 were there. And suddenly a sound from heaven came like a rushing, violent wind. This is not a little breeze. This is a tornado. This is a cyclone. Category 5 plus came roaring through that place from heaven. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were being distributed among them, and they rested on each one of them as each person received the Holy Spirit. And they were all filled, that is, diffused throughout their being with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, different languages, as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out clearly and appropriately. Folks, this was an invasion of heaven on earth. And God, at key times, will invade earth with his power. He sent Jesus from heaven to invade this earth, be born as a baby, to live out his life, then die, rise again, and went back to heaven. Now he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit, because this is going to go over all the earth, and every believer can be spirit-filled, and can sing the praise of heaven, and can be my voice throughout the world. And so this rushing mighty wind, it was a roar. One of the versions says, a roar from heaven came. Well, I've read Revelation and people, as John the Baptist, he saw into heaven and it says that heaven roared. If you want like peace and quiet, we all want that. It says there's silence in heaven for half an hour. The rest of the time, it's going to be full of praise. So get ready, get ready. We're getting ready down here. The enemy tries to quieten us down and God says, just let my praise roar from your soul. Roar from your spirit. And it was such a roar that these people were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they spilled out on the street and it says, the city heard the sound. What did they hear? They heard them speaking in other languages and praising God in languages they hadn't learned. But I believe they heard Something happened right across that city. It was like a roar came. I've been in hailstorms and you hear the roar of the hail coming about 10 kilometers away. Or if a cyclone's coming, you can hear the wind roaring several kilometers away before it hits there because it's slamming into creation and it's powerful. There was a roar from heaven that came and the whole city heard it. It says they gathered because they heard the sound. Let me tell you, this world is going to hear the sound when Jesus comes back again. It's going to hear the sound of heaven in many places across this world because he wants to gather in 
multiple millions into his kingdom before he comes back again. And the sound is going to be heard through the church of Jesus Christ. It's going to be heard in a way the world cannot deny or ignore. God will make his way and the world will say, well, we can stop that. No, they can't. When God decides, it is his power that will overrule everything. The Bible says his voice thunders. It is powerful. It's like mighty rivers. And I believe we're going to see the church of Jesus Christ arise in strength and power. And it comes individually as we learn to speak up, to praise, to pray. You don't have to all be as noisy as me. I'm an extrovert, but I get so passionate about God. But the noise of heaven needs to come from your soul. What song do people hear out of your spirit? What song do they hear out of your words? Is it complaining and struggling and being overwhelmed? Or do they hear a praise that lifts up the name of Jesus? Do they hear a word of hope that comes to their soul? It says in verse 6, When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Seen or heard this before. Because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Verse 11. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? There's a whole lot of people in our world saying, what on earth is happening in our world? What does all this mean? We've got to be ready to speak hope in Jesus Christ. To sow the seeds of hope and life. Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. There's always going to be mockers. There's always going to be people say, hey, don't be so passionate about God. Don't be so committed. You only have to go to church once a month, not twice every week. You know, they, they, why, why do you have to pray before every meal? And, and, and why, do, why do you give some money to, the, to God? That doesn't make any sense. Because they don't understand the Spirit of God. They look with a natural mind and it says the natural mind is hostile to God. So you're not going to appease someone's mind. You've got to speak to their spirit and you've got to bring truth that can transform their mind and set their heart free. You're not going to win arguments. It's the Spirit of God that sets the heart free. And truth is revealed. And it says, Then Peter stood up with the eleven boys. Here we go again. Another noisy disciple he raised his voice for two reasons number one there was thousands of people there it says three thousand got saved so there would have been many more than that they had no microphones no loudspeakers that's a miracle probably preaching to ten thousand people and they could hear him without amplification wow john wesley used to preach to crowds of twenty-five thousand without any amplification Mate, their voices boomed. They said it, it just boomed and echoed. And it was like God just took the sound waves and carried it as far as it needed to go. Jesus preached to thousands of people without microphones. Often he spoke at the water. He'd get out in the water because you know the sound travels further on water than on land. So he'd get in the boat and he'd speak and the sound would travel for kilometers up through the crowds. When God wants his sound to be heard, no man can stop it. No devil in hell can stop it because our God is greater. So we see this amazing thing happening. And Peter got up and he addressed the crowd. 
fellow Jews and all of you live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully what I say. He got up and then preached the word and explained what the Spirit had done. This is one of the reasons why some moves of God have not achieved all they've wanted. People get excited about the miracles, the signs and wonders, the supernatural, and they forget to teach and explain from the word what's going on. I've been a part of meetings where the Spirit of God moves and they forget to preach the word. I say, hey, whenever I've been in charge of a meeting and the Spirit of God breaks out, I will still do five minutes of explaining from the word what's happened. Because an old guy taught me a long time ago, he said, if you get all the word and no spirit, you'll dry up, you'll get full of head knowledge and you won't change anything. If you have all the spirit and no word, you blow up and you're no good for anyone. But if you're the word and the spirit together, you will grow up in the maturity of Christ and the message of the kingdom will reach the world. So we need the word and the spirit. And that's why as a church, we love to make room for the spirit and we also preach and teach the word because that's the way God's plan for the kingdom of God to grow and mature. And some of you are thinking, yeah, I've been in some of those meetings where I've been in maybe places where they've just taught and taught and taught the Word and not much spirit and no one got changed. And I've been in places where there's so much spirit and activity but no teaching and clarity and so it just went all over the place. God, help, let us have the Word and Spirit together and your kingdom is revealed. That's as a church while we do what we do. <laughs> the enemy tries to silence you through fear, intimidation and robbing your confidence. He will try and do that. I remember when I worked in the bank many years ago, I was only a new Christian, got saved the day I finished grade 12. And about a month later, I started working in a bank. And I remember I was only in the bank weeks. And one of my supervisors, he was a rough, tough guy, probably in his late 30s. He came up to me, put his finger in my face and said, in six months, you'll be just like us. It was direct spiritual attack. I hadn't preached to him. But he'd already worked out I was a Christian because I didn't swear and didn't carry on and do this stuff. I'd play touch football with them. I played um, pool and table tennis. I was mates with them, but I wouldn't do what they do. And I, I, I knew it was a direct intimidating attack on me as a shy new Christian. I was a really shy guy when I was younger. Most of you can't believe that. But when the Holy Spirit got a hold of me, things changed and I've never stopped since. And, and I remember for about 10 seconds, I, I could feel my whole body shaking with fear. And then out of my spirit came these words. I said, no, I won't. I won't be like you because the things you think you need to make you important or fulfilled, I don't need because I've got Jesus Christ in my life. And it was like I'd hit him. It's like I'd hit him with a punch. And for the next six months, all the guys just did everything they could to try and trip me up in my Christian walk. The pressure was on every day. But I just loved Jesus. And after about six months, they backed off. And one of the other guys, not that guy, but one of the other guys who was a bit more moderate came and said, I realize you're not the same as us. And then they started asking me to pray for them. My family's in a mess and my daughter's been diagnosed with cancer. Can you pray? Can you talk to the fellow upstairs? Because I think he hears your prayers, you know. And because I didn't bow, then I became an unofficial chaplain to the bank. This is when I was only 18 years old. But if I had stepped back and been intimidated at that moment and not raised my voice for Jesus, it would have been a lot harder road. And sometimes we don't pass the test as well. There's been times where I think, well, I didn't really, I fudged on that one. But I've learned when I stand up clearly for Jesus, not in a rude, arrogant way, but honouring Him and declaring His name on my lips and my heart, 
It's amazing how God just comes and backs you up. And he'll give you confidence. He'll give you confidence. I remember a few years ago, I was here in Harvey Bay Airport. And I was catching a plane for somewhere. And I saw the Deputy Prime Minister, Warren Truss, a lovely man, Christian background and and loves God. And I saw him walking. He could hardly walk. He was carrying his bag. And I said, Warren, are you okay? He said, no, I've twisted my back and I can hardly walk. He's in absolute agony. I said, can I pray for you? I believe Jesus can touch you. And he thought I was going to go home and pray on my knees that night. But I said, can I pray for you now? I grabbed his hand, didn't embarrass him, didn't pray loudly to embarrass him as I I respected him, but I prayed and and believed for God to touch him right there. And I saw him months later, and he says, boy, I did get well a lot quicker than I expected. And he honoured God, and I thought, hey, Holy Spirit touched my heart to do. Just be led by the Spirit. Don't try and make scenes or events. Just be led by the Spirit, and you'll be amazed the people and the doorways God will open for your life to share Jesus. But you've got to pass the test and lift up the name of Jesus. Psalm 101, 100 verse 1 says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. <clears throat> Psalm 47, 1 says, Clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. Wow, we got to do a bit more triumph here. We've got to do a bit more lifting up the name of Jesus. That's why we're a noisy church. You say, boy, you guys are so noisy. Hey, we're not noisy. I've been to other churches. Planet Shake is about 30 decibels louder than us. And you say, why are they so noisy? Well, the fact is they've learned that the message doesn't change, but the methods do. But thousands of young people come to their churches and they're not going anywhere else because the message of music reaches their souls and then the truth of Jesus can come. We've got to be careful we don't allow our personal preferences when it comes to different things about Christian life that will hold us and limit us from getting the message to different generations, different nationalities. And that's why we do what we do in our church. We're not trying to be difficult. We're not trying to be noisy for the wrong reason. But our heart is to reach generations for the kingdom of God. And He loves us. And we want to work with us. And that's why we use modern versions of the Bible. That's why we do different things. We use multimedia. Because we've got to realize we've got to connect with this world today with the good news. The message never changes, but the methods always will. And religion gets us mixed up with the message and the method. And we tie it all together. And that's when we become irrelevant. God says, hey, let us keep growing. Let us keep flowing. For his glory. Psalm 37, 35, 27 says, May those who delight in my vindication shout for joy and gladness. May they always say, The Lord be exalted who delights in the well-being of his servant. My tongue will proclaim your righteousness, your praises all day long. Shout out to God. It's not just how noisy you are. Is your generosity shouting out to Jesus? Is your love and kindness shouting out to Jesus? Is your compassion and support of broken people, is that shouting Jesus is Lord and he cares? The good deeds we do, all the things that we do, do they bring praise to God? Our story, our testimony. There's an interesting thought. What city was this miracle happening at? Jericho. Whoa, that reminds me of a story about Jericho and some shouting that went on. The walls of Jericho, Joshua 6.20. 
when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout. Wow, these noisy Christians, here they go again. The wall collapsed, so everyone charged straight in and they took the city. This man got healed on the edge of Jericho thousands of years later because he shouted out to God through his fear and crowd and intimidation, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Wow, wow, wow. There are times when God will say, stand still and see the salvation of our God. But usually those times come after you've done some shouting out to God in prayer and praise and breakthrough and saying, God, I claim your word, I claim your promise. Then sometimes God will say, okay, I'm coming. Stand still and see the salvation of our God. That usually comes after the crying out of your spirit to God. The heart reaching out and believing and not being silent. Let's wrap this up today. Acts 18, 19, 18, 9 and 10 is a beautiful verse. It says, One night the Lord said to Paul in a vision, Do not be afraid anymore, but go on speaking and do not be silent, for I am with you. And no one will attack you in order to hurt you because I have many people in this city. This is after he's been stoned, thrown in jail, shipwrecked, left for dead so many times. The angel comes and says, by the way, just don't be silent. Just keep on speaking the name of Jesus. (coughs) Romans 10.13 is a very powerful verse. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Look at that word calls. It's a powerful word of a cry from the heart. Not saying, Jesus, can you help me? It's a cry from your heart. Calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one they have not heard? How can they hear without someone's preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But for all, but not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. But I ask, did they not hear? Of course they did. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. Wow, that's the gospel message. That's the power of Jesus Christ. Speak, don't be silent. A couple of key wise things. Number one, be led by the Holy Spirit. Don't do weird, wacky stuff. Because if you do weird, wacky stuff, it falls flat and it pushes people away. It, crea- it causes attention to be drawn to you, not to Jesus. But when you're led by the Spirit, whatever it is at your workplace, in your family gathering, wherever it is, and you might be the only one Christian in your family, and uh, you might just say, hey, you might just bow your head briefly before the meal and say, Grace, you're the only one who does. They say, what are you doing that for? That's your opportunity to tell the truth. Not preach at them, just sow a seed. Or you could be silent in the workplace when the pressure's on. And everyone's talking about whatever the media's on about and bagging whatever truth and Christianity. You can choose to be silent or you can sow a seed. I've learned, ask the Holy Spirit and sow a seed and you'll be amazed. I've done this so many times. And I'm not a bold evangelist. I've just learned to listen to the Holy Spirit and sow a seed. I remember I was sitting in a workplace, lunch place years ago, and this conversation was going on about broken feet, and the Holy Spirit kept 
Stone me, ask them this question. And I'm just listening. Ask this question. I can't remember the exact words, but at a spot in the conversation, I just asked this question. And it was like I'd thrown a hand grenade in the room. And everyone just stopped. And then one lady says, how did you know that's what's going on in my family? Next minute she's crying. Then I'm praying for her. Then we've got to go back from lunch in five minutes. How do I sort this out and get her sorted out so we can get back and work in the bank? And I, That happened more than once. I just asked the question that opened up their hearts. It's not difficult, but I could have been silent and say that's... I know it's times when I, did, I was too cowardly and I didn't speak it. And then all that day, I'm thinking, I should have just said something. I should have said a prayer. I should have offered to pray. And there's times when I missed it. And God in His grace has given me a second chance with someone. Others, I haven't. I said, Lord, please send someone else because I just, I was silent when I should have sowed a seed of love, hope. God's grace is powerful. Speak with courage and confidence and wisdom. Acts 4.13 says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. That's what devotions and prayer and faith and walking with Jesus is all about. If you're walking close to Jesus' heart, people know something's different about your life even before you speak. And when you do speak, do it with grace and wisdom. Don't be afraid or intimidated. Speak the truth in love. Honor Jesus Christ. Pray as you, as you say your life is clean and honoring the Lord. And stand with the body of Christ as a team, not on your own. What did Peter do? It says in Acts 2, he said he stood up with the 11 and then preached the gospel. He probably stood up and they all stood behind him. And then he preached the gospel. Don't be a loner. Do it with brothers and sisters. Do it with the church. Work together in teams because that's when there's great power and the enemy can't pick you off. Acts 28, lived there for two full years at his own expense in his own rented lodging and welcomed all who came to him, preaching and proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness and boldness, unhindered and unrestrained. Semi Rodriguez, who I mentioned, spoke at conference. He's prayed at the last three inaugurations of American presidents. He's been one of the Christian leaders been asked to pray. First time he did it years ago, I think it was before Obama. And there's all this pressure on him to just pray a nice religious prayer because they had they had the the Buddhists and the Hindus and the Muslims and the Jews, everyone doing their prayers and and they're trying to push him mold and say a nice little religious prayer. And, and God spoke to him and says, he said, what, do I, what should I pray? He said, you pray as if you're in front of 5,000 Christians at a conference. So he finally said, yes, Lord. So when he gets up, he just says, in the name of Jesus that's above every other name and goes for it for four minutes. A lot of politicians walked out. The media just castigated him. But from that day on, Thousands, tens of thousands of them said at least someone's prepared to declare the name of Jesus. And the doors opened all over the, the world. And now that's about 12, 15 years ago. Then he, this last inauguration, the enemy tried to close him down again. 
And the reporter saying, are you going to use the name? He said, what name? Because it'd been America in the last year or two, where when any Christian uh, sportsman or whatever, they'd say, and who do you want to thank for your victory today? And they'd say, I want to thank Lord Jesus Christ. They would beep out the name of Jesus. They were be- the, the, the sportsmen were beeping it out as if it was a swear word, but they were honoring Jesus. And so all the reporters are saying, are you going to use the name? He says, you just wait and see. So when he gets to the prayer, he prays and does it nice and respectfully because it's a very special 1.1 billion people watching around the world. And then when he finishes the prayer, and, and respectfully in the name of Jesus Christ, the name above your name, he just boldly declared it. He said it was like arrows just going out all over the world. And once again, something broke loose. Within days, that new the Christian's testimony stopped doing it. Because someone was willing to stand up and not be silent. You don't know what effect you have in your workplace, your family, when we declare the name of Jesus with courage, with conviction, with love and truth and honour. And I believe the days for the church to be silent are over. It's time to arise. It's time to declare the name of Jesus. Let's stand in His presence. It's time to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He's sovereign. Don't step up. Some of you have seen the media reports on Israel Folau, the rugby league and rugby union footballer who's spoken up on some Christian values and issues, and the media have given him an absolute hammering. And he could have chosen to back down but he didn't he's released another message and two days ago one of his Christian teammates has come out fully supporting and endorsing him now they are risking their contracts as sportsmen multi-million dollars but they have declared the days of being silent are over and we're going to declare the name of Jesus Christ and I believe we're going to push back that intimidation of the enemy trying to silence be quiet no more no more we're going to live out and passionately live for Jesus in our relationships, our families, our workplaces. We're going to do it with wisdom and grace that unravels all the schemes of the enemy. Because the Spirit of God within will empower you. And whenever you lift up the name of Jesus, the roar of heaven, people will get upset. The enemy gets stirs up strife because he's afraid because he knows what happens when the people are in truth. In your spirit. Oh, Jesus, don't be silent. Speak and live with courage, conviction, compassion, truth, wisdom, and the Holy Spirit's anointing. We will shout out your name. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And some of us work in professional places where you can't go converting and praying for people publicly. I'm not asking you to do anything that breaks any of those regulations but there are always ways to reach people's hearts and there will come moments where you can declare the name of Jesus there will come places of encounter and change where the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom that will unravel all the lies and schemes of the enemy let's not be silent there's some people here today you need breakthrough with healing like this blind man you're saying God I need your healing power God, I need our family. Lord, by your grace, this is going to stop and we're going to see some changes happening. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.